Hello and welcome to Beyond Markets by Julius Baer, a series featuring conversations with experts to share recent market developments, key insights and strategic inputs from around the globe. In each episode, we cut through the noise to bring practical advice and macro research on today's shifting economic and market landscape. Please listen to the important legal information at the end of this podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Beyond Markets podcast. My name is Helen Freer, and on today's podcast, I'm delighted to be joined by two guests. Mathieu Rashter, our Head of Equity Strategy, is here. And from the fixed income side, Dario Messi is here, one of our fixed income research analysts. And today we're going to be talking about Switzerland. So our CIO said not that long ago that every portfolio should have an allocation to Swiss assets. Let's start by talking a bit about the foundations of the country. So Switzerland can proudly say that it has a pretty stable political environment, solid economic policies and a highly developed rule of law. But why do you think things like this support Swiss assets when you think of it from an investment perspective, Dario? Yeah, well, it is exactly what investors want, right? A a stable political environment, strong governance. Uh, This reduces the the potential for surprises. And this is normally what what you're looking for as an investor because it eliminates one of these random factors uh, in the equation of financial markets, which we, I guess, all agree already has more than enough of, of such other elements. And when you decide on allocating capital, your savings, uh, you want to be sure that the rules are applied as you know them. You you don't like uh, when the rule of the game just change during the game. And also on top of this political stability, uh, governance strengths, that they are also closely linked to financial stability, which is also a positive. Okay. Um, the labor market in Switzerland is another positive aspect, but I mean, it's quite expensive here, no? So wages in Switzerland must be higher than in other countries. So doesn't that make Switzerland less competitive? Yes, labor costs uh, are high, but we need to put this into perspective. We have also a highly educated workforce, highly skilled workforce, and as a result, also high productivity. So in other words, unit labor costs have also uh, increased less than uh, when we compare them to other countries. And this is also not least to the to the fact that there is this high level of innovation. Um, look at different competitive rankings. Switzerland is often uh, found at the top of these rankings. And uh, yeah, just think, for example, of the ETH as well. Uh, a leading university when it comes to science, technology, or also engineering. And it is for, for a reason that companies like Google are coming to, to Switzerland to be very close to this talent pool. And If we learned something in the past, innovation is one of the most important factors to keep an edge and and doing this also on a sustainable basis. Um, I'm quite sure that Mathieu will agree here and and also when it comes then to Swiss companies and looking at it more from, from an equity angle. And before we go any further, I think we need to talk about the currency. Let me bring you in here, Mattia. Overall, the Swiss franc has been the world's strongest currency in modern history, and it's been strong this year as well. This must be really supportive for Swiss equities and bonds, right? Yes, exactly. So, you know, the strength of the Swiss franc is another reason for us why we like Swiss assets in general. 
If you take a little bit of long-term view here, the Swiss franc has been the world's strongest currency in modern history. So if you look at the period, uh, for instance, between 1900 and 2016, the Swiss franc appreciated in real terms against virtually all of its major peers. So you get the double benefit from an appreciating asset and on top of that gains from a strong currency. And also holding Swiss franc denominated assets also provides a hedge against global growth and geopolitical risks as it tends to, to act as a safe haven during uh, times of uncertainty. So this is really especially attractive for investors based in emerging markets. What about companies who export a lot, though? Surely a strong Swiss franc makes business harder for them. Yes, but, you know, contrary to common perception or common wisdom, Swiss equities tend to outperform when the Swiss franc appreciates, for example, against the euro. Why is that? Because, simply put, many Swiss companies are able to absorb a strong currency relatively well through efficiency gains and also reducing the size of cost and revenue mismatches. So um, in general, you know, investing in an equity market based on the view that the local currency will depreciate, um, which will lead to higher um, earnings, this strategy mostly doesn't really work because usually there is a positive correlation between currency strength and equity market performance. And Switzerland is no exception to that rule. And the Swiss equity market is quite defensive. So that means it would tend to generate lower returns than other more cyclical markets, right? But the defensive nature of Swiss equities is also a positive. Yes, exactly. So there are positive and negatives, but you know, the point is uh, it's more defensive and therefore more stable. And uh, you want to have more defensive and stable uh, companies here in times when the global economy is slowing down. And if you look at the Swiss market, the Swiss market has really a significant exposure to the global heavyweights in the healthcare sector, especially the big two pharma names, but also to the consumer defensive sectors, which makes the index fairly defensive overall, especially compared to other European markets. They also tend to have a bias towards more high quality companies and companies like this tend to have earnings that are much more resilient in times when the economy is slowing down due to their market leading margins and superior pricing power. So it's exactly those kind of companies you want to have in the current economic environment. How is it then that the Swiss equity markets have lots of high quality companies that you just talked about? Yeah, it's a good question. And, you know, we have heard that already before from, from Dario that the, um, the level of innovation in Switzerland is quite high and this really creates a good environment for high quality businesses uh, to emerge and grow. And, uh, you know, this is really um, some of the, uh, the key. This really creates a fertile ground here for high quality business um, to grow here, which also leads to compounding returns and ultimately preserving wealth for generations to come. But that's not only that, but, you know, Switzerland is also home to one of the most important financial centers and its uh, domestic equity market uh, was actually the sixth largest in the world at the end of last year. So accounting for roughly 2.5% of the total global um, equity market capitalization. In addition to that, we don't only have uh, deep capital markets, but the Swiss equity market also usually trades at a premium compared to their European peers. And this also attracts companies to list their shares in Switzerland to really harvest this valuation premium. And you mentioned earlier the global heavyweights in healthcare. So within Swiss equities, do you have a preference for large cap stocks over small and mid caps at the moment? So, you know, our current strategy on the equity side is uh, we, we, we're really facing this uh, challenging macroeconomic backdrop. And that's why we, we, we advocate, we prefer a more defensive and quality angle 
in the equities portfolio. And this really means a focus on the lar large cap names, also in Switzerland. But if you took, take a little bit more a long-term view, it really pays off to also have exposure to the small and mid-cap uh, space in Switzerland as they tend to grow at a faster pace and also benefit from a higher exposure to structural uh, tailwinds here. So, you know, in a nutshell here, we think a healthy mix between large caps, stable companies, but also smaller, fast-growing ones really makes sense um, over the longer term. And taking a bit of a step back for a minute, so I don't think investors ever feel like they're in a certain environment, but there do seem to be a lot of uncertainties in the world at the minute and a lot of geopolitical tensions, etc. Where does this leave investors who want to stay invested so they don't miss out on long-term gains in the markets, but at the same time, understandably, feel a bit nervous? And where does Switzerland fit in here? Can we say that Switzerland is basically a safer investment? Yeah, nothing is really risk-free out there. But, um, you know, the, if you look at the current economic, uh, global economic backdrop, it's really characterized by a lot of risk factors, ranging from geopolitical risk, financial risks, and, and so forth. And that's really an environment where a focus on the store of value investments or markets really makes sense. And, you know, if you look at the Swiss uh, market, the Swiss equity market, this really ticks all the boxes as a store of value um, in terms of the actual positions, the actual companies uh, you pay, but also in terms of political and financial stability and so on. And Dario, do Swiss bonds also meet the criteria of a store of value? Yes, I would say they, they do. And we are here not just uh, talking about bonds issued by Swiss companies, but uh, there is a much larger universe of bonds that are actually just dominated in Swiss francs. Um, but this also means then that there is a need for a closer look at the issuer profile and the balance sheet of, of this issuer as soon as we leave the, the risk-free space, right? And with that, also if it really fits the store of value notion beside the currency only. So it's mainly the currency that makes them attractive then? Yes, the currency definitely plays a, a big part here. Uh, we would say that uh, Swiss franc bonds do act as a good store of value. And, uh, and you know, in addition to the good performance of the Swiss franc itself, we also have uh, fluctuations of the currency uh, very low. And also this low price fluctuation is one important criteria of a store of value investment. Swiss franc denominated bonds are a way to get, therefore, a stable return and diversify your exposure and thereby also reduce the overall risk level. Obviously, the price for this is also a somewhat lower running yield in comparison. You've talked about the Swiss franc being a safe haven currency, and Switzerland overall also has a reputation of being a safe haven, right? How is this justified? How has it earned this reputation, do you think? I think there are many reasons uh, for this, some of which we have already mentioned before, uh, why Switzerland has this long-standing reputation as a safe haven. So with that, the country has a stable political environment, good governance, uh, additionally also robust government finances, so with low government debt, a good external position. And if we take all these things together, this supports the, the country's reputation as a safe haven, and then ultimately also supports the Swiss franc. And apart from this, what we also observe more recently, Switzerland seems to fare quite well uh, in terms of inflation. And we shouldn't underestimate this as well, especially when we talk about the strength of a currency. Mm -hmm.
Okay, so if I were to try to summarise then, uh, we think there are a number of reasons in favour of having exposure to Swiss assets in a portfolio, um, specifically on bonds, because the quality offsets the lower yield that you're getting. With equities, again, it's generally high quality stocks that you're getting exposure to in the Swiss equity market. And it's quite defensive, so should be quite resilient in more uncertain times. And both equities and bonds, of course, benefit greatly from the strength of the Swiss franc. Does that sound like a good summary or anything else to add or highlight again, Mathieu, Dario? Yeah, I think that's a really fair summary here. Um, you know, for us, we think Swiss equities should be a key pillar in the equities allocation. I mean, you know, if you look at the long-term performance, it really just speaks for itself. So Swiss equities have been able to outperform even the US equity market over the past 50 years with lower volatility. So therefore, you know, if you look at solid returns at quite unspectacular risks, Swiss equities might uh, be, be the place uh, to be here. Yeah, maybe one thing also to add uh, more from an investor uh, perspective, uh, fixed income related uh, for investors not having the Swiss franc as a base currency, especially for uh, uh, bond investors, taking exposure on Swiss franc denominated bonds without hedging the currency uh, is really an active decision to diversify also currency risks. So this could be interesting, especially for investors from emerging economies. But it just needs to be clear it's an active decision then. Okay, good point. Thank you, Dario. Well, thank you very much to both of you for the interesting conversation. Uh, and with that, we conclude this edition of the Beyond Markets podcast. Thanks again to my guests today and thank you all for tuning in. We hope that you enjoyed listening to this conversation and that you will join us again soon. Bye for now. Get ready for the day ahead. Moving Markets is a daily market news briefing from Julius Baer's leading experts. You'll hear all about the latest ups and downs across asset classes, the underlying drivers, and our thoughts on where markets are heading. Search for Moving Markets on your favourite podcast player. You have been listening to Beyond Markets by Julius Baer. If you like what you heard, subscribe to our show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. To learn more about Julius Baer, our people, our latest thinking, visit us at www.juliusbaer.com. We will be back with a brand new episode soon. This is a podcast disclaimer. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. The podcast content is intended for information purposes only and does not constitute an offer, a recommendation or an invitation by or on behalf of Julius Baer to buy or sell any securities, security-based derivatives or other products or to participate in any particular trading strategy in any jurisdiction. Julius Baer does not accept liability for any loss arising from the use of the podcast content. Please refer to www.juliusbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further important legal information.